Okay, good morning, everyone. Yeah, this time when we have faith in the birth of our king, we want to share some more on faith or imuna, continuing on that. And just a little review from last uh, Sunday about the stages of growth of a Christian, and that's why God talks to us in different ways or in the Bible. It seems like, you know, it's kind of confusing until you know, like, what stage of growth he may be talking to. So it starts out, you know, you don't have all the things on the screen, the nepios, which is the Greek, it means an infant. When you're born again, then you come as an infant. And an infant is held, is taken care of, is fed, everything is for the infant and it's right away, you, you feed them when they're hungry right away. You change them when they're wet right away. A good parent will do that. And so everything seems instant. And for most of us, when we first come to Christ, everything seems so instant for him. The, the love is there. Everything is there right away. And then there's another stage of growth, the Pideon. It's a young child. And that's when things begin to change. And sometimes it seems like your parents are getting mean because you can't get everything you want anymore. Nope, you can't have that. You know, you can't have candy all day. You know, you, that toy is your friend's. It's not yours. You can't have that. And if you have a toy, you've got to share it with somebody else. So why are they so mean to me now? Things start to change as you grow. And as we grow in, grow in Christ, God is a good father. He starts changing and asking us to do more. And um, many times it seems very difficult, but... It's because he loves us, and as a little child, we don't understand. Even more than our parents know, candy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner is not good for us. He knows many of the things we want right now as a, in our old selfish self, because everything is about us, and he's changing us to be someone who cares about others more than ourselves. And so it may not seem good for that time, but it's always good because he sees way more and way far further ahead than our parents ever did. And so he knows what's good for us. And we building that faith, it's that trust, that imuna in him. And we, our faith gets built step by step. As we see that if we trust him, it does work out for the good in the long run. And we're glad for that. We're happy for that. But in the short run, it can seem very hard. Like, why is he doing that? Why won't they let me, he let me have everything I want anymore? And why does, do hard things sometimes seem to come in my life? But if we stand in faith through those, we'll see that he works all things for good. That's what the word says. As long as you're following, you're called by him, you're following after him. Because we have to choose, and that's the faith. That's our part in it. We need to choose to follow after him. Okay? Again, I say he's the most powerful being in the universe. He's all-powerful, but he's not a bully. And he won't force us to do anything. So our point of that faith is to choose to believe in him, choose to follow after him. And when we do through even sometimes greater and greater hardships he allows into our lives, 
Because when we have those greater and greater hardships, if we stick with him through it, that faith grows, that we know this is in my life because he's allowing it in my life, it's going to work out for good. Now, a lot of those the things, and I'm not saying all the bad things in the world he brings. No, he doesn't. In the sense that he allows it because he loves us so much, he gives us that free will. So we're not his slaves. He's not a bullying us to do everything he wants. And so people choose all kind of bad things, which the Bible says comes onto the earth, and the earth brings forth, you know, uh, volcanoes, earthquakes, <laughs> pandemics. And so there's these things in the world, but if we follow after him, he's also the all-powerful God. He can work it all out for good, but we have to choose. And that's that faith. And we'll talk about that more, but he's growing us to that point where we'll be mature in faith. And then we won't have any of those worries and fears no matter what we go through. The opposite of faith is fear. Do you have any fear, worries, anxieties, so on? If you're feeling them, just realize in your life that it's opposite of faith. And as we keep on, we grow and we have faith in the Lord that He's going to work it all out for good. Okay. Now, as we do that, okay, we free His hands because He won't go over your free will. So we're learning. Okay. So next stage is technon or neonascos, which is, um, they use that to describe like a teenager to young adult. Like a pideon is, you know, uh, many times it was looked at as this was a child from maybe um, 2 years old to 11, 12 years old around there before they had their bar mitzvah, right, at 13. And so this is the, what they usually describe the pideon as. And then you have the technon or neonascus, which is a teenager to young adult. Yep. And many times this teenager to young adult, it's uh, maybe from the bar mitzvah 13 to when he takes over his father's business. Like maybe uh, up to 25, 30 years old now might be when he's mature enough and he takes over his father's business. Yeah. So he was a, a technot, was a young man who was being trained in a, his profession, a profession, okay? And uh, to be a young man in that area, stretching even more to be like his father, to take on the responsibilities his father had for his own family. And when you're mature, then that's huyos. The Bible uses that word. And that word can mean like full, complete. Okay, when you're fully like that. So like when Jesus says he's about his father's business and so on like that, he was ready to go into already to, to be about his father's business, to walk in the footsteps of his father. And this is what God is getting us ready for. Because he says, well, he's the all king of the universe and he says we will rule and reign with him. He needs to have people who will not be bullies too with the power that they have. And so he's training us to be that way, so be full, mature sons and daughters of God. But what a privilege, really, you know, to be princes and princesses in his kingdom of the almighty, all-powerful Father, all-powerful God. And he wants to give us 
says we're co-heirs with Christ, that means everything Christ has, we have. To make us that he's the first of, he's our older brother also, the Bible says. To think in that way. So I'm going to read you a few scriptures since you can't see it on the screen. James 1, 2-4. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Just like that last song we sang. When troubles come our way. Now that's a point when you have a lot of faith in God. Because you know something's good is going to come out of that. You know it's darkest just before the dawn. And so you have faith right through that. Huh? <laughs> Sorry. And so, um, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Okay? So when your faith is tested, that's when it grows. Okay? So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Okay? So those trials, all those trials in our life, when the troubles come our way, will we stand in faith with God? Or will we turn to fear? Right? And when we're in that fear, then we're not in faith. But we grow as we do it. He gives us step by step. Like I explained the other time, like when my dad was teaching me swimming, he didn't just throw me in the deep side and say, swim across the whole pool. He was right there at first saying, trust me, I'm right here. As a little child, you're growing. And then as you get a little bit older, he says, okay. And then he started walking backwards and backwards. And I'm swimming and swimming and swimming. And I think, why is he being so mean? But he's stretching me because he knows especially living in Hawaii, you better learn how to swim. And not only that, all the fun that came out of that, the surfing, the diving, all the things that came out of that, he could see, I couldn't see at that time. Father in heaven sees way farther than that, see? Because faith, yeah, is, is the you know, belief in things that we cannot see. We trust God that he sees it. He loves us and he sees way more than us. So we trust him through all these things, that those things happen. He's stretching us. He's just stretching our faith more and more. And then we see the end result, that it is good in the end. The hardest things and trials in my life turned out to be the best. It turned out to be the best when I stuck with God through them. And the greatest victories we have is when you have the greatest trials, yeah? So if you have the Los Angeles Rams come to Hawaii and they play against the girls' Pop Warner team and they win, is it, yeah, they have a great victory? It's when you have a great trial and you overcome that trial when it's a great victory and everybody cheers. And that's what's happened. The greatest trials that I've had in my life have turned out to be the greatest victories. I wouldn't want to go through the trials again. But I do it again to get the victory that was there. The change in our lives or the things that we saw happen because of it. So again, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, 
you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You have so much faith, you have joy all the time, because you know God got it, right? You know He got me, He loves me, He's going to work it. He did it how many times before? But it gets more and more, so He's, he's teaching us and growing us. Now online, maybe you can see the, 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 the um, drawing I have of a little girl holding her teddy bear, and Jesus is in front of her, has a huge teddy bear in back of him. And he's saying, trust me and I will show you that I got something better for you. If you give that to me, you give that to me and let it go. And the little girl is saying, show me and I will trust you. And isn't that how we are? Show me and I'll trust you. And he's saying, trust me, have faith in me and I will show you. And the more we do that and he, we see he's good, the more faith grows. So 2 Corinthians 9, 7 to 8 says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. He will, he will return, but he will not, like I said, throw you in the deep side of the pool and say swim. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. You don't get any brownie points. It's a cheerful because you love God and you want to. And God will generously provide all you need. Do we trust him in that? Or you say, I don't trust you. Okay. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Do we believe it? Okay. If you don't believe it, he'll say, okay, I'm not going to bully you. And you won't see it happen. That's why he grows us little by little, step by faith, what we have faith for. Okay, so like I said, and you can't see this picture either, I have of um, the YWAM ships buildings, five three-story buildings right on the front of um, Kona, the best view in Kona to me, and how they were leasing it and they needed they had the first in the lease. If anybody wanted to buy it, they could match that and buy it. And somebody at the beginning of the pandemic offered $8.2 And so they wanted to buy it. They're trying to get the funds to buy it. They could it 10 days before the, the date where if they don't, don't have the money, the other people are going to buy it. They had a, a $1 million something only. And in the last 10 days... All the money came in. And um, that was a stretch of faith for them, but for me, it would be overwhelming. I don't know about you, to raise uh, 7 million <laughs> in, a, in a 10 days. How many say, oh yeah, I can. Yeah, that would be a stretch for me. But they have built that over years and years and years of just having faith in the little things, bigger and bigger faith till they have that faith to do that. Because if at that point I think, God, you can't do it. You know, if somebody else says God can do that, I say, yeah, God can do that easy. But when it's your project that God asked you to do and you, you got to raise that money, all of a sudden it's very different, isn't it? Yeah, if I told you, can, God owns everything. Eight million is nothing for him, right? 
But when you have to race that for a project he's telling you to do, all of a sudden it's so different. But if I think, no, God can't do it, he won't do it for me. Maybe he doesn't love me enough, he's going to fail. Or he can't do it. Will God ever fail? Easy to say until you got to do that, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's like, okay, will he do it for me? Maybe he doesn't love me enough. Maybe he'll do it for someone else, but for me, maybe not. Okay, then that's, we don't have that faith. We're in fear, we're in worry, we're in doubt. And that's why he won't give you a big test like that right now. Because we're not ready for it. Like I said, that one would break me. He's building me up. I never had to raise funds before. Half a million now? That's a stretch for me. Big stretch. And I'm saying, okay, God, we'll stand in faith. So I'm going to read to you a, a few scriptures just so we understand a little bit about faith and what we're talking about and how this all works. Okay? And so I'm going to read to you from Matthew 8, starting in verse 5. Okay, and this is the faith of a Roman centurion. Okay, it says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Because a Jew would never go into the home of a Gentile. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen such faith like this in all Israel. You see what he said? He said, Lord, I am not worthy. Just say the word where you are and my servant would be healed. That's faith. He just knew Jesus could do it. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, that's all of us, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown out into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home, because you believed it has happened. Okay, you see, it's like a partnership of faith with him because if he doesn't believe, then, then God won't go over his free will. Because you believed, it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Okay, now I'm going to read to you a few, few other examples. And I'm going to start in Mark 5, verse 25. says a woman in the crowd, people were crowding around Jesus. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. 
She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. There's her immuna, her faith. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask me who touched me? My, my friend gives a pigeon English version. You know, so what do you mean somebody touched you? Look all the people. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. She believed. That's our part. That's our part. We don't heal. She believed in the one who heals. That's the partnership we have with faith. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the, of a, of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Does that sound like faith? She's dead, forget it. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Don't be afraid. See the fear. The, just have faith opposite of that. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of John. Okay? Why didn't he let the whole crowd go and only his three closest apostles go with him? Here's all these people who are thinking, there's no use, she's dead. And you have all these people thinking that way. I've experienced this too. Hard to see healing come when everybody's, no, it can't happen. No, it won't work. So he only brought his faithful three with him. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing, and he went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead, she's only asleep. And the crowd laughed at him. Does that sound like faith in Jesus? The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. You're praying for this healing, and all these people are laughing, saying, no way. It's hard to do something in faith because they have their free will to think that's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. 
Okay? So he had them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was laying, only those who had faith in him. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. And they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Still, it's amazing, isn't it? They were probably just on that edge of faith, also all stretching with Jesus. Jesus, enough to say, I, I believe, I believe. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened, and then he told them to give her something to eat. Then in, in um, chapter 6, it continues, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. Does that sound like faith? He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph, Judas and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. They refused to believe in him. They had no faith. This is just, see, doesn't sometimes, that's why I always say my logic overcomes my faith so much. What I know of the world overcomes my faith. He's just, we know him. Yeah? And so I say maybe the, the, the biggest miracle I would have a hard time having faith in God for is of all walking in downtown Hilo, over there by the dirt where the dogs poop and everything, and there's a blind man there, and the Holy Spirit says, spit in the dirt over there, make mud, and put it in that guy's eyes. My worldly knowledge would be fighting me like crazy. That's dirty. Germs. Put in his eyes, he's going to get an infection, then he's going to sue me. Is that what you'd be thinking too, maybe? Does that sound like faith <laughs> or fear? And it fights me. And he's growing us step by step in his love till we see that we will just do what he says and have that faith. Just like the YWAM people. They believed him and they had that faith to do it. We had to faith to do that. Now, that might be too much of a stretch for all of us. But take the steps he gives you. Because he's telling you, swim to me a little farther. Until we have that faith, then we'll have no worries and no fears at all. We'll be complete, leaning nothing, the Bible says. Okay? So they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, because of their unbelief, their lack of faith, he couldn't do any miracles among them, except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief, their lack of faith. Now here's the all-powerful God, and he says he couldn't, he couldn't, do any miracles among them? Is it because the all-powerful God didn't have the power to? 
is because, again, he's not a bully. And if they don't want to believe, he's not going to bully them and force them and make them. They can choose not to believe. Sorry for them. But that's why he says he couldn't do any miracles. See, this is a little confusing. You think the all-powerful God couldn't? Because they, he's not a bully and they get to choose. When, we, when Jesus said to certain people, your faith has made you well, did they have the power within themselves? He was saying that their faith, their confidence in him, their immuna in him to do it has, the means, has been the means of their restoration. Okay, That's the partnership that's there. That their faith, their confidence in him to heal. If they said, no, I don't think he can do it, then you'll say, okay. But that's the part. They can't heal themselves. Like some people say, yeah, ask whatever you want. I want, you know, like uh, $8 million, like YWAM needed, but it's so I can be comfort and I have a big house and I can have all these things and so on. And maybe God knows that's not what's best for you. In fact, it probably isn't. So you, the other part is that we're asking according to his will because we trust him. And know that he knows what's best for us. Okay? Like Paul had a thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it was, but it was bothering him because he prayed for God to take it away. And God didn't be, you know why? Because he said it keeps me humble. So he wouldn't rise up in pride because of all the revelation he had. God is smarter than us. He loved Paul so much. He knew that if he didn't have that, he would rise up in pride and then he could miss out on heaven altogether. And all his rewards in heaven, God's thinking eternal, greater rewards than we can think or imagine, the Bible says. That's what he's thinking for us. My dad's thinking about all the things I'm going to have so much fun when I learn how to swim. That's what God is thinking about Paul. Better he have a little discomfort now for a short time in this life, which is like a blink of an eye, the Bible says, compared to eternity. Eternity and all the rewards for eternity. Better he be like that humble so he doesn't fall. So sometimes Christians, mature Christians, don't get healings for what they want, but it's good for us. But if we'd be humble then our God wouldn't have to leave it there. Yeah? So it's, it's just faith in Him that He can do that. The power of Christ was what effected the cure for them, but His power was applied in connection with their faith to believe that He could because He wouldn't go over them. He didn't make them their slave. His robot, He didn't bully them. Just as the faith of some enabled them to receive healing. So healing was sometimes stymied, as we see, by a lack of faith. The value of one's faith does not come from the one who expresses it, but comes from the object in which it rests. That our faith rests in Him, that's why. Not, we don't do the healing. We don't have that within ourselves, the power. But it, that it rests in Him. 
Ultimately, healing is not contingent upon the quality of one's faith, but upon the healer. It was through Christ. Okay, so it doesn't depend on us, but on the healer, our faith in the healer. And Jesus, when you read about it, he healed mostly babes and seekers to help them grow in that point. They had enough faith. He healed those who came to him. They had enough faith to come to him. Or like that woman to touch him. They had the faith to ask him. They reached out to him. They had that faith. And sometimes, a few times, it was uh, mercy or the father told him, this person has that faith. But most of the time, it was that they came to him. And yet you have someone like Paul who asked and asked, and nope, because it's better for you as a more mature Christian. He had that thorn in the flesh. So Matthew 17, 20. So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible to you. See, that's where God wants to get us. So that nothing will be impossible to you as a mature child of God. Isn't that awesome? But we will be asking according to his will. That's why too. Because they were saying, how can you do, you know, Jesus cursed the fig tree and wilted. And he said, why can't we do that? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, your lack of faith. For assuredly, for sure, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But, you know, um, I think the NIV actually interprets that wrong in the way that it says faith as small as a mustard seed. So it's like you only need a little bit of faith. But, I, but that word actually, uh, holes means as or like, even as, in the manner of a mustard seed. If you have faith like a mustard seed, okay? And mustard seed has huge faith. It's like a tiny, the seed is like a tiny speck of dust, and it can, a mustard tree can grow up to, well, they call it a bush, but it can grow up to 12 feet high. That's enormous faith. To be like a speck, and you can grow into this huge tree. I think that's what he's saying. If you had faith like that little seed, you can move a mountain. Not only, if you have, only have a little faith, you can move a mountain. Otherwise, we'd all be moving mountains, right? Yeah. Okay. But most of the time, because he's stretching me, I'm like the Father in Mark 9, 22 to 24. The Spirit, you know, this is when he, he's asking for healing for his son who has an a unclean spirit in him that throws the son in the fire and, and so on. And, and he, his, his, Jesus' disciples couldn't heal, couldn't cast out that spirit of that boy. Or into the Father tells Jesus when he comes, the spirit often throws him, his son, into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. If you can, have mercy on us and help us if you can. <laughs> Is that faith? And Jesus answers, what do you mean, if I can? 
What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes in Jesus, in God, and what he can do. What do you mean, if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. And the father wanting this healing for his son. It's so easy to have faith for somebody else, but when it's your own family, your child, your spouse, your parent, all of a sudden praying for healing, we have doubts. We have lack of faith. We have fear because it's so important to us at that time. Yeah, I know he can heal somebody else, no problem. But can he heal my loved one? And all of a sudden, we have lack of faith. And if your loved one is a mature Christian, maybe it's, it's there because we trust them that it's going to be the best. It's going to grow. We're going to grow. So Jesus says, anything is possible if a person believes, has faith. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And so many times when he stretches me, that's what I feel like. Yeah, I believe you can. <laughs> Help my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. I know you, you can raise a million dollars. I know you can heal anybody. But when it comes so close to me, I believe. Help my unbelief. We have enough imuna to say, I trust you enough to say, help me. Help me believe. And when he stretches me, that's where I usually am at. But when I see his faithfulness, my faith grows another step and another step and another step till we, full and complete, needing nothing and nothing is impossible to us. Don't you want to be there? It's not easy to get there. Trial after trial, but you know what? It'll be so worth it and it's so good because every single time I'm so glad for the trial, for what he's done. So if we have the worship team come up and we can sing um, that last song again to be, there's a point where we can be joyful in everything. <laughs>